Hey everybody, welcome into Roosters on Olentangy River Road. I am Austin Ward. This is Letterman Live, brought to you by our good friends uh, at Roosters. It's a, normally a fun, casual conversation. It's going to be a little bit more serious today, just to let you know. we I know that uh, we hear a lot that uh, everyone should stick to sports, whether that's a coach, whether that's a journalist, whether that's a former player like those two guys down there, Anthony Schlegel, Robert Landers, and of course, the national champion, Urban Meyer. But I don't think that we can ignore what's happening right now. This is not uh, a situation like a disease. What what has happened with the riots around this country and uh, the violence and oppression? Um, we're not going to pretend like that's not going on, and it does uh, impact everybody at Ohio State, and, and it affects the way that we're going to do our job. But I don't know the best way to talk about it personally. I, you look at me, and my experience is not going to be. The same. I can't. I'm not even going to pretend like I can, but I can listen, and we can give our platform here at Letterman Road to the people that uh, are impacted by that directly. Um, I will say with 100% certainty and confidence that these these young men, these African American men that I've had the pleasure of covering at Ohio State and other stops in my career, they are some of the brightest, hardest working, most passionate people that I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. Uh, Robert Landers is one of them. And I will stand with them at any time. If they've got something on their mind uh, or a, a project that they're passionate about or anything, uh, and I will listen to anything they have to say. So, BB, I, I don't know where to start, but this I, I know you're one of a number of people that have been willing to speak out about what's happening. What's on your heart, man? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just – all of it is crazy, man. You know what I mean? And it's it's sad to say that it's one of these this is one of those things that has kind of been going on for a long time. And, you know, as as times are starting to evolve and as people are starting to realize the voice that they have, um, you know, they're speaking up. And it's kind of sad that our country right now is is having this issue you know it's like everything is hitting back to back to back to back you know what i mean between the pandemic and then sports being you know everything closing sports being you know canceled for the moment and then you know this situation um you know it's 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 just kind of sad and like right now as a country we're being tested as athletes we're being tested as good people of the community and of this you know beautiful country we've been tested and uh, you know it's it's sad to say some people are failing you know what i mean some people are excelling and you know it's one of those things where a person like me you kind of got to take life day by day and just do what you can and make a positive impact the best way that you can with everything that's going on, you know what I mean? It's it's a mixed it's a lot of mixed emotions for a lot of people and it's just it's a rough situation. Uh, Urban, I know that you came in and sat down and you said that this one, you know, just feels different. It's, it seems to have really struck a chord with you. Why why this one or uh, you've spent your whole career talking about social issues and you know, I remember you were gracious enough to let me come in for that Patriot Patriot Week and you wanted people to vote and educate your team. But this one seems to be even different for you. Yeah, that was one of the most horrific things I ever witnessed. You know, I, I could not. I actually sat down. I remember looking at it on my phone. And I sat down. I said, "I can't. This set our country back twenty years." I mean, that uh, that guy's got to go to jail. That's that was murder. You know, that that was awful. And uh, you know, you just it's a very complicated life right now. I didn't live a complicated life growing up. I grew up in Northeast Ohio. 
I have never one time in athletics, coaching, playing, ever looked at a person's skin or religion. I didn't where you're from. Mm -hmm. There's never been one decision made on who plays because or who we recruit or who we talk to, who you hire. Nothing about that. That's why at times I'm not proud to say this, but I just, I don't know if I always bought it. I'm like, come on, really? You know, I really didn't know that it existed. Mm -hmm. And then Charlie Strong worked for me at Ohio at Florida. We were great friends. We we actually I lived in his house in Notre Dame. That's how close we were, and our wives are best friends. And and he told me you can't go out and recruit in a certain area after dark. And I thought I really honestly didn't know he's. I thought he might be being silly. I go, you're talking about 2005. You know what are you talking about, Coach? Right. And he and he I could tell in his face he's being very serious. And then I've witnessed some things. Uh, Never experienced it myself, but these players, BB knows this, how how much we care for these guys. And I've always taken the approach, and not always, but recent history is how do you make an impact? Okay, there's a problem, and this problem is real. You know, I, I 15 years ago, did I really know that? No, I didn't know that. Uh, five years ago, did I know I started. Now, that's real. And then how do you, instead of, you know, how do you, how do you help? How do you... Let's do something. Let's, you know, uh, in 2017, BB was part of that. We had Jalen Holmes, who's one of my greatest, uh, I'm a big fan of his because mm -hmm. he experienced racism. Remember the stories he used to tell? And I, was, I sat there with my mouth open going, you really went through that. How do we help? And it was all about do the players kneel or not kneel. And that, that was not my decision. I wanted to listen. And JT Barrett's father was a retired Army uh, person. And, and, and JT made his, and we had great leadership on the team. And Jalen says, Coach, we're not a team of symbolism. We're a team of action. Let's do something. And on Wednesday of uh, the rivalry week, I look back now and go, wow, we really did that. <laughs> Wednesday rivalry, we did a uh, invited a bunch of Columbus police officers, Ohio State police officers, firefighters, public servants, a bunch of children. Roy Hall of Inner City Children came out, and we opened the doors, man. We fed them. We had a great speakers. We're talking. And, and I thought, you know, if our world would just do this, have dialogue, respect each other, listen. That's the number one thing is listen to the pain. I want to hear it. And I, like you, stand with these guys and BB, and I've already talked to many of our former players. If there's something we can do, do it. Let's do it. Yeah. BB, when um, when you guys are having those conversations then in 2017, you're in that Rushman unit there with Jalen uh, in one of the most uh, respected position coaches in America and Larry Johnson. What were those conversations like? I mean, how did you want to kneel? Did you want to do something? How how did those that play out for you guys? For me, it was. Let me start by saying this: the conversation was it was mutual. I felt like a lot of guys in our room, such as Jay Holmes, the Tracy Sprinkles, the Tyquan Lewis, is like the situation that was going on and. The, and the things that we just experienced growing up, you know, it's one of those things like when you're growing up, you're taught, don't do this, try to avoid this. If you're in this situation, this is how you try to de-escalate it the best way that you can because at times you being of a certain race, you're automatically racially profiled, you know what I mean? And in our room, we had a lot of guys that just, we all had different stories that were different but at the same time pertain around the same topic of us having issues because of, you know, the color of our skin. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I felt like in our room, some guys wanted to kneel, but at the same time, too, we had a, a large level of respect 
because the flag represents also those guys that fight for our country for us to be free mm -hmm. and we have people that we know or that we love that have fought for our country so it was it was kind of like a catch-22 you know what i mean like do you kneel for what we got going on now or you know do you not for you know the guys that put their lives on the line on a daily basis for us to be able to sit here how we sit now eating roosters together having a conversation you know what i mean yeah. so it was kind of a catch-22 and when coach you know when we ended up having talking to coach meyer and putting an event together to have all of you know the local pd and law enforcement in columbus area and then roy hall bringing those kids out and you kind of you watching the interactions and you wa you're watching those kids run around having fun not having to worry you know what i mean it was it was a beautiful thing so i felt like that was our way of like coach meyer said doing something you know what i mean taking action in a different way schlegs you you kind of brought this up i think maybe on friday you reached out said we need to have a conversation about this and for me again just from my limited life experience in that realm i i was a little bit hesitant on that part because i've always been you know told to stick to the sports and that people aren't coming to letterman row for that but you know i would say even in 48 72 hours my perspective on that had to change this is not something that you can pretend isn't happening and that obviously also directly impacts the fact that the riots are happening three miles from here but you you said that this is a thing you know the players are about to come back the woody's about to be open they're going to go through summer conditioning all those guys are going to be back together that's an interesting dynamic how how do players and coaches handle situations like this when there are going to be different viewpoints right you know i, I wanted to bring it up because i mean a lot of people don't know but i mean where i grew up in texas population was 70 percent african-american right and the thing gene smith, smith has said this before numerous times we're the sum of our life experiences right so i was very fortunate coach myers fortunate our, like we have people that raise us up and we coach right my dad coached i mean there was everybody was over at our house man all the time and then you go and you go through college and i talked about last week about my maturation as a football player and how i needed to expand my mind as my identity in football mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Just like Coach Meyer was kind of talking about, I need to expand my my vision and my interpretation of race as a football player as well and as a man, right? So growing up, like, I really didn't see color. Why? They're my teammates. They're my friends. They're my training partner. Like, we're in there, you know, early 90s, mid-90s. We're going to Tupac and DMX and, like, we're just training. These are my boys, right? Like, that's what we do. <laughs> Playing pickup basketball where you got to call them up or they hitting you on the beeper. <laughs> right and then but then you go and you're around the situation and the stories that don't necessarily impact you but they impact you because that's your boy right and then you get into college and you get married and your wife has different experience and you start to come along and you grow in your understanding of what it is and it's it's our differences that we should recognize but also make us unique and beautiful and coming together it makes me better just like it makes bb better just like it makes coach meyer better because if we didn't understand each other's differences or experiences we're never going to grow right so i think it was just so important to talk about this dynamic because also why you come to letterman row is to support these guys in buckeye nation when they're on the field and you should be coming here to also support them during this right because when you cheer them on, you're cheering them on in all aspects of our life. Just like we love reading about BB and all the different things that he does off the field, right? Mm -hmm. It juices us up. But 
the beauty of sports is that we are all confined into one room, one building under an urban mire for the sole purpose of us maximizing our genetic, genetic potential and winning a championship together, scarlet and gray, mm-hmm. right? Like that is the beauty of the locker room and everything that goes into that and how we mature through it and then walk out of the doors as grown men, right? Like that is the beautiful thing of sports and the beauty of team athletics, man. And I tell you what, like I reached out to a lot of my player guys that I played with. How are you feeling during this time? What do we need to do? Right? How can I lift you up in prayer? Mm-hmm. Right? How can I how can I take action? What do we need to do, BB? It's a lot of different avenues. <laughs> you know, I'll say this: I don't have the template. Um, I more so just have my opinion. Um, but how, how, my, my personal opinion is: you doing it. You know, we having this conversation. Letterman Row is a has a platform that has a lot of followers of all ethnicities that come from all backgrounds and um this is what it is sitting down having this conversation and allowing the people's voices to be heard you know what i mean coming to the realization of what is going on in our society right now and just supporting the people not only who are firsthand having to deal with it and you know my prayers go out to any parent or any family that has lost somebody or anybody who is mentally and physically struggling right now but the biggest thing is having this conversation putting it on you know on the 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 front of the platform and letting people speak out and express how they feel and support the people who are on the front lines out physically and walking and expressing how they feel downtown urban uh, at the risk of making this that sports conversation and Schlegs was talking about being in that locker room what what would be the coach's role what would be ryan day's role or you also are now working with every single sport on campus and the captains what what uh what is a coach's role in this i'm glad you asked because i think <clears throat> for the listeners that uh that this is real i thought about this for so many years and and i use the term hope and opportunity every your parent as a parent what's your what's your ultimate responsibility to provide your child hope and opportunity and how you do that that's up to that parent mm-hmm. as a coach what's your ultimate job my job was to provide bb landers with hope and opportunity not nfl not national championships, but someday he can raise his child. He can, you know, he can put gas in the gas tank. He can have a career. He can have a life because that's what the world is. And so we took that very serious. When I first went to Utah, we dealt with Polynesian culture. I've never dealt with Polynesian culture. And one of the biggest issues was one out of three Polynesians were quitting school and going to fake hope and opportunity, pseudo hope. You know what that's called? Polynesian gangs on the west side of Salt Lake. And I couldn't get my hands on why was that happening? What was happening, these these kids from Tonga and Samoa, I mean, island players that really had a hard time communicating. They couldn't communicate with faculty. No one helped them. And they couldn't they couldn't pass classes. And where do you go? When your football dreams fail, you go, you go to pseudo-hope. And I don't want to get into too much, but you know what happens when pseudo-hope disappears? It's in despair. That's when really bad stuff happens. So, so we took these kids and Hiram DeFries, who was on my staff at Utah, who happens to be Polynesian. We started, I didn't realize we started Real Life Wednesdays back then, but we did. Every Wednesday night, we role-played. We taught him how to communicate, communicate because, for an, how about this, for an island player, it's a sign of disrespect to look at your elders. 
to look at the king, to look at the people in charge. So I would have team meetings. You imagine that didn't go very well. We weren't looking at it. And I was like, I cussed at him, and I was like, what are you? And then finally, one of the players said, that's just the, and I was like, oh, man, I didn't know that. No one told me. So you respect the culture. I got to know them. I got to learn about them. I actually flew to Samoa myself for that reason to meet the families and learn about this culture. And so we started teaching them how to communicate with Falcons. Guess what happened? One out of three weren't leaving anymore. One out of three had a plan. They had hope and opportunity. When I first got to Ohio State, one out of three players were disappearing. Remember that cycle? Oh, I mean, yeah. they, their careers weren't going well and and you know, they weren't doing you know, two point in sociology or something. You're not hireable. So what did we do? We started Real Life Wednesdays, and we pushed these guys so hard to job shadow, to internships, to pick your career, to push. Tommy, to the point where we're driving them nuts. But that was our job, provide a plan B for every one of these players. Mm -hmm. So you ask, what can you do? You can provide hope and opportunity. How can you do that? I don't know. That's your world. You know, how can a parent do it? There's great ways to do it. How, how does a police officer do it? Provide people hope and and do never stand in the way of that. Never stand in the way of that. Because here, last thing, any group of people, whether it's people in Appalachia, whether it's my hometown in northeastern Ohio, whether it's African-American, whether it's Polynesian, whether it's white, whatever it is, Asian, you take away hope and opportunity from a group of people. You know what happens? It's combustible. Bad, bad things happen. So the most important thing our government can do, on top of some other stuff, but provide hope and opportunity to your fellow man. That's the answer. Now, how do you do that? That's very complicated. We're going to let uh, Coach Meyer get out of here, and BB's got to go uh, do some more training so we can get that NFL deal this summer. I'll give you the last word before we cut you loose, BB. Anything else on your mind? Um, not really, man. I'll say this. I appreciate you guys for doing this. Uh, you know, it, it, it takes a lot to use your platform to allow somebody such as myself and Coach Meyer and Schlage to come out and speak about a topic that is toxic right now, you know what I mean, in our world. And you probably knew coming into this you're going to get positive feedback and you can get some backlash, but you did it anyway. So I want to say for, for me personally, I appreciate you for having this conversation, for doing this event. This food look good, but I can't eat it. <laughs> damn diet. But I appreciate you. You know what I mean? It, I think it took a lot to do that. So. Uh, I appreciate that, but we are doing this uh, for you guys and all of your teammates and everybody that's uh, we've had the pleasure of covering. Like I said, if, if this is the least we can do, then we were absolutely going to do that. But it's not, not about us. It is about uh, you all, and we want to give our support any way we can. Uh, that's been uh, the national champion, Urban Meyer, guy with a bunch of gold pants, Robert Landers. Uh, and of course, Schlage's hanging out with me uh, for Letterman Live at Roosters. We'll be right back with more show, but we're going to let these guys go. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. All right, welcome back to Roosters for 
uh, our weekly conversation, Letterman Live, talking about Ohio State football and a lot more than that this week. We've got a little bit of a shift change. We've got the quarterback, Jay-Z, in the building now. <laughs> Doug Worthington back for the first time in a, in a few months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got Thanks him for working me. for Letterman Live, and Schlegs is still here. We, can't, we couldn't get rid of him. Because uh, he's still not done. He, has he lives at Roosters. He makes all you know, these. Why don't you pass those down? You, you know, who was, gotcha. you know who was digging into that? Was Urban Meyer was going oh, into this. He did. I had so, to order another did you t- one. Did you Slaves tell was mean mugging him. I <laughs> well, saw him okay, over just there. Just so you know, just so you know, this is kind of good. It's awesome today that I... I validated my choices here because guess who also is eating an Italian sub and mac and cheese bites? Well, that, that guy go. happens like, to be Urban F. Meyer. There you go. <laughs> I was wondering him. if you like if gave him a recommendation or if you show up like that's the designated No, he just meal. walked in. He was like, ooh, I like that. I'm like, okay. There you go. That's order double. Right, I feel especially <laughs> order bad. Order some more. I can, with, eat, I can eat too. I can put some down. With Doug's weight training going on and judging me about all the stuff I eat and schlegs you guys I mean I'm I'm really up against it today with this crew I mean, <laughs> this side of the table is up against it I haven't stepped in a gym in months and I don't plan on for another couple of months I'm gonna let all yeah. that kind of weed yourself out I just little push-ups and setups. keep it moving yeah all right Schlegs, you, you did tell me that you had one more thing that you wanted to bring up after that first segment so I'm gonna get the mac and cheese bites out of you and get back to serious mode well, you know, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I was actually thinking a lot about um, what Coach Meyer just said, and he was talking about, like, what is our action? And, you know, as a believer, the number one thing, too, is that you have to have some self-introspection. I've said a ton about this during COVID, right? But really, it's a heart disposition and a heart transplant about how we love people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that goes back to, again, my <laughs> wife and I dialogue, conversation, talking, like, what are the prejudices that I have in my own life? What is the sin that I have in my own life? Like, unless you can go in and say, hey, here's why I'm wrong. Right. How are you going to ever get better? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So if you don't go look at yourself, like number one action is like, you need to go look at yourself. Are you part of the problem? Or are you part of the solution? Right? And then also then, what is my role to play in this? Well, there's a lot of people that are out there that are marching, that are talking about on social media. Is it to berate them? Not, not you know, go on and be negative or is it to pray for, uplift, yeah. Right? Be positive, be a leader in, in the 20 square feet and influence that you have. Like there are so many different things that we all can do that adds value to this to have a change. But the change 100% starts with you. And are you willing to do so? Right? Like that is the number one thing, even in my own life, right? It's always when I go back, have a hard self-conversation about the real Anthony Schlegel. That's when you see where the crap is and where you need to get better. There you go. Right? And, that, and I think everybody needs to take a hard look in the mirror. And say, where do I stand on this issue? How do I look and love people? And then that's the first step in moving forward. I had a hard time, I mean, on the, the show, but even, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, people are starting to post more messages and, and you see the, the riots and the violence going. I, like, you feel like this urgency that you need to say something. But for me, I had to stop because I, I don't, Doug, I just don't think I have an informed opinion on it. I don't right. have the same experience. So I've tried to take my step back to just listen. Yeah. So, like, what do I need to hear? You know what I mean? Like, what do you want to say about it? You know, it's a, it's a different time um, when it comes down to everything that we're having to deal with at one uh, particular moment. Um, so to have to sit down when it comes down to COVID putting us down and to have some things uh, happen and repeatedly happen and just think about so many other lives that were lost in the same type of movement. Um, you have to realize that change uh, and needs to be directed and it needs to be on the forefront on a lot of people's minds like slago said a lot of it comes down to self-evaluation trying to figure out what you can do wholeheartedly for yourself making yourself the best and your household um but you know if you don't 
look like me, if you're not a person of color, um, what can you do outside of the box? You know, you know, what type of uh, influence can you have to your peers that might not understand, you know, people that you get to talk to on a, on a day in and day out basics? Because, you know, like Slego said earlier, we're, we're, we're brotherhoods in a locker room and we do a lot of things uh, together. And sometimes those uh, not knowing and, 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 you know, that guy's from this town where there's, you know, a population of zero of African-Americans and this guy was immersed in them. Everybody gets their different uh, feel of the culture and when you're put a team together that comes and matches automatically uh for the most part mm -hmm. but when it comes down to society a lot of times people are in their little boxes and they don't realize what's going on in the outside world so what you can do is what you've been doing is keeping the dialogue going um giving people like us a platform to be able to talk about it and um you know just vote whether it's for somebody that we feel um is right or vote and have your opinion expressed um, that's what I tell people, you know, if, if you really feel really, really uh, adamant about a situation, you know, go out and do everything that you can in your power and actually make a change, you know, vote for, you know, not not just the presidency, but, you know, the people who are, you know, causing the governments and making the plans and the different arrangements for the community. Like there's a lot of things that you go vote for the primary. Just keep go vote and just make your vote count and bring somebody along with you that might not have done it before. And just try to actually make a real difference. Um, you know, the, the differences that they're doing downtown and the crazy thing, you know, it's crazy, but at the end of the day, Hey, you, that type of, uh, a sound, uh, is being heard right now. So people are kind of listening a little bit more fine-tuned than they ever did before. Uh, and it, and it, it sucks to be able to or have to see that. But, you know, some eyes have been moved and changed and some opinions and, and expressions have been uplifted a little bit more. And you get to look at history and how history lies on certain days. And it's just kind of crazy where we're at. And it's a beautiful thing to kind of realize that you have a voice or you have something um, that you can change. So I just say everybody who's out there express how you feel about it in your own way. Um, there's no wrong way these days, um, but you know, go out and do the biggest things and just vote and vote and just take care of your, yourself. And like Slake said, you know, do a, a self audit on the things that you can change to help out. It's certainly not surprising. That's not the word because of, you know, covering all you guys and i can't continue to speak so highly of the recruits that come into ohio state the guys that are in that program just tremendous people but then you see you know seth towns uh just transfers in a columbus basketball player uh sure. columbus native and then he gets detained and like you've got these these guys that want to do something that are currently on the team that are you know fed up and taking part uh like i said that shouldn't be a surprise considering how passionate these these buckeyes are but right. I mean, that still takes a little bit of a risk when you're a high-profile guy like that to go out into that and put yourself in that situation. And that's the risk that, you know, those guys almost have to take. Um, to see somebody with a platform like him um, who's a very highly educated man um, who's done some great things in different realms, to be able to want to protest and want to get out front um, and then have the voice and the attitude to go ahead and strike something, it kind of moves other people in different ways. Now, is there a correct way to do it? No. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to expressing yourself and being able to believe and stand upon something, you know, that really right there for those guys, especially that young man, mm -hmm. is going to hold true for the rest of his life. And hopefully the change gets sparked and at least somebody seeing that guy and knowing who his character <laughs> is and he can like, you know what, I did it for a reason and it changed this, that, and the third. So I'm happy for the outcome. Jay-Z, you've been in, in these locker rooms, you know, mm -hmm. spent your whole life around it. I mean, it's all all you and I can do is really listen and learn, yeah, right? I no, mean, for what, sure. what's what's that like for a guy maybe 
you know, in a different, getting to know different people and different experiences yeah, when you come well, up as a player. You know, I think these guys and anybody who's been in a locker room, been a part of a football team, you got a hundred and some guys in, in one room, you know, um, it's a melting pot of America I and mean, you just guys from everywhere. Um, and you, you almost get sheltered from it because you, you and your brothers are busting your tail with one thought in mind, you know, Hey, we want to win a national championship. We want to win, you know, like you, you just don't even think about the outside world. It's like, you're in a little cocoon almost. Um, and you get to meet these guys and you just all have the same common, uh, goal and it's football, you know, and it's doing whatever, supporting your guys, however you can and doing whatever you can to for football. And then you have something like this happen, you know, I would imagine being back in a locker room now, um, you know, lots of conversations would probably be going down. You know, I mean, I was a quarterback. Uh, you know, a lot of my receivers and skilled guys were, you know, African-American. You know, I, I would probably sit there and, you know, hey, what, let's talk about this. Let's just see, you know, is there something I can do? Would you guys look like me to do this or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, how to attack something like that? Because you just don't think about it. But when something like this, this magnitude is going on. You know, we have no other choice but to say, you know, help, help me, help you. And kind of like, you know, I want to do something, I want to say something, but right. I was, you know, I, I would be nervous to say the wrong thing. Right. You know, you know, like I don't want to come across a certain way. You know, right. I, I, you know, it's just because I'm not in that position. I, you know, I, I haven't been. I don't know what it's like. So I would just try and you know get with the guys and just you know see what we can do. You know, Seth Towns going down and doing what he did. You know, people are talking about that now. You know, and that's what you can do when you have that sort of uh, celebrity is, you know, people notice, oh, well, there was a basketball player down there. Right. You know, there's a lot of people that nobody knows the names of doing this stuff. But, you know, that will stay with Seth and he'll be able to talk about that and people will ask him about it. And, he, you know, he will be able to move that forward. So, you know, a lot of football players may, if they have that feel where they want to get out there and do that, you know, they can use that platform to, uh, you know, to you know, get conversation going to get things, you know, kind of moving in a different direction or, you know, like Schleg said, or, you know, both of you guys said, you know, loving people, just being a good person, you know, doing the right thing, looking at yourself in the mirror, you know, what can I do today to help a- any of my buddies that might be going through something mentally or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how I would attack it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a weird, weird thing. You know, we go from one weird thing to another, man. It's, uh, it's 2020. Well, you to- know, you, Justin just brought up a great point. Like he, he, he felt afraid or didn't want to necessarily say the wrong thing. Right. And, and the problem is like, people are going to say the wrong thing because they don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And so one, in our household, it's always talked about the grace upon grace upon grace, right? And so we also have to teach. And if you're a parent, you better not lose this time mm-hmm. to go educate your children. Like I was very blessed of, of what my dad did coaching and I was educated to a certain degree. And then, you know, then I learned as I got older about understanding the differences which allowed me to be more empathetic and to grieve when they grieved and to mourn when they mourn and to celebrate when they, when they celebrate, right? Everybody, I'm just talking about everybody. Yeah. But like, you cannot lose this opportunity to go and educate your children <clears throat> as to what is actually going on. Like we talk about COVID, like, hey, here's what's going down, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well, guess what? There's racial tension in our country. Here's what's going down. Here's why they're, I'm getting a, a, an alert on my phone like, hey, don't go downtown <clears throat> yeah. Columbus, right. right? But we got we to gotta talk about it. Yeah, well, you want to live in this bubble, right, and protect them? What are you protecting them from, right? You're protecting them from, you know, not learning from this experience that's going on in 2020 because they're going to school with kids of all different backgrounds, right? So you want to be able to educate them, and you're like, well, what's the age? <laughs> Guess what, man? I got 13, 12, and 8 mm. all getting educated, right? Right? 
But that's how that's how it works, and it starts with you as the parent to do that. Well said. I've always and I've always wondered too. Like it seems obvious that you guys, when you're in school and in a locker room with these guys, that you wouldn't only talk about football. Like you're going to have real life conversations. But I've having not been in the locker room in the Woody, like how prevalent it would be and how heated maybe the arguments become. Like I just, it's hard to take us into that locker room to see what those conversations are like for you guys when you're in your formative years and you've got a bunch of different people that probably don't know exactly what your experiences are. Yeah, I think that's tough because I, I think <clears throat> unless something like this is going on in the world, most of the time you're just cutting you're cutting up on each other, you know? <laughs> I mean, this or that or the other in a locker room, you know? It's a fun-loving atmosphere uh, no matter who it is, you know? Doug be next locker to mine. I could be cutting on him. Be, right. you know, it's like – so. You, when something like this does happen, I, I I didn't go through anything like that when we were there that I can remember, um, you know, anything huge like this. But, uh, you know, for the most part, locker rooms are just fun-loving, you know, because they're your brothers. Right. It's like you have 100 siblings and, you know, you can beat up on each other. You can do whatever you want. Right. You can say anything you want to them, and that's just your brother. And, it you know, it doesn't matter. But, you know, these are bigger things. I, you know, team meetings or this or that when they're able to get back on. Now, if they would have been on campus this whole time and they're here, you know, allowed to – be in one room together, maybe that stuff would happen. I think that's probably where they would probably end up going towards. I think our leadership back on our teams would have said, hey, let's get everybody together and let's get, you know, let's let's let our brothers talk and, you know, inform us, educate us. Because a lot of guys, half the guys in that room are sitting there saying, I don't deal with this on a daily basis. And so, you know, you've got to become educated. Like Shalik said, just educate and know as much as you can about things and go, go from there. Yeah, we we uh again like like Zwick said we uh we didn't have anything of this magnitude to happen in uh, in our locker room, uh, but I do remember a time like uh, one of our coaches you know kind of got after one of the players kind of unjustly, and uh, we had a guy who actually been affected by this this riot and Deontay Johnson who owned mm-hmm. Soul Classics, and uh, I remember remember him as the captain um, called a you know the, the team meeting. Uh, well, he didn't call the meeting, but the meeting was going to happen, and you know express his thoughts uh when it came down to that particular situation so for that to happen um the way that it happened um it was uh, monumental just to see a guy who was a peer of mine be able to stand up for one of the players and be there in a time where we all felt a little type of way about it um and with that being said i got a decent little story i, I actually uh when i was uh playing and, sh- and really tooth and nailing it trying to get back to the nfl uh, so i just talked to bb about that grind, um, I was blessed to get a, a call from the St. Louis Rams, um, and it was about two weeks after Ferguson happened. So I remember, you know, going into that place, remembering all the news that are still kind of popping on and things of that nature, and uh, working out and being around Fisher and just that whole atmosphere. And I was actually, you know, working out with three other guys, and I, I made it, luckily, and that locker room was affected by it. Now, it was one of those things where, you know, you ripped in Tavon Austin, you know, some other guys was asking me about players I knew for different teams and everybody trying to get to know you. And the crazy thing, I actually got into a fight the first day just because somebody was trying to, you know, punk me on a, on a practice squad. <laughs> Can't let that happen. You know, yeah. It was, uh-huh. <laughs> Take the biggest guy out on the first yeah, day. Yeah, how, do you, mean, how, do you, how do you somebody? How do you pick somebody? How do you pick this yeah, guy? Yeah, I know. You know it was... It was I'll go a little bit in that story. It was a, it was a uh, Barksdale was a guy who um, was a, a guitar guy, and he was a guy that actually was an active guy talking about depression in the NFL as well. Um, and he was just doing his job, and I was doing my job maybe a little bit more than he wanted me to. And then he tried <laughs> to push me out the club, and the next play I kind of just slammed him, and we used to going after. But I soon like got close to that guy, and we got tighter. 
But the, 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 to say this, like when it comes down to a Ferguson and things happening and, and right now, like the team bonds together. And I remember there was around the Christmas time, uh, we did so many outreaches. Uh, guys like Chris Long, William Hayes, Robert Quinn, um, Aaron Donald, those guys got, and they were a lot richer. They got so many toys and did so many things for the, for the, for the families in Ferguson. So teams get behind and, and like, like Coach Day, that thing that he expressed and everybody, I think, retweeted it about, you know, if you, if you're not in front of it, if you're not, you know, have a, have a fight in the, then you're, then you're losing basically. So, Guys like him, they get it. They understand that, you know, you got to take care of these players. Even if you don't understand what they're going through, you got to at least put your hand out, open your ear, open your heart to this opportunity, and you're going to grow closer. You know, as a community, you know, sports like this, it brings people together. And when a team can fight and be behind a movement like this, um, I think it's going to be tremendous. It's, uh, so Yeah, it seems like Deontay still is, is still leading. He's still yeah, captain yeah, still leading. right now. Still leading. That way, yeah. yeah. You know, that's that situation is obviously sad. I think Beanie's going to talk to him later this week for his podcast. But okay, that's awesome. This the this guy will kind of. I mean, that was such a horrible thing to happen. It's. Yeah. Um, have you had a chance to talk? He to He took him it again? with grace, though. Okay. I yeah, mean, he, did. He, he was more like, "Hey, man, I know you're mad," and, and he put a, a. I can't say verbatim what he put on the sign, but basically, like, you know, this is what we did to these kids, and we told them they were th- this, that, and the third. We didn't shelter <clears> them. <throat> we didn't give them the hugs, and now this, that, and the third is happening. We got to understand that they're they're angry. So it's one of those things where he took ownership of it. Like, hey, yeah, you you know, insurance gonna pay for the glass. You took some shoes. I hope you get something out of it. But for the most part, I listen and I hear you and I feel you. And that's the real message of of, of what we're all saying on this panel is just, you know, what I mean, we need to get closer as a society, as a as a as a human race in a time where they're trying to separate us. They're trying to, you know, build a rhetoric, build a build a build build this case and say that we're all different and we need to be different. We're all Children, I mean, this is a man of faith, man mm-hmm. of faiths up here. I, I'm a, a you know, a, a, a guy after God's own heart. I am, I am a, a, a Christian. I believe in, you know, Jesus is no color, but we're, we're together here on all of this. So when it comes down to what's going on, I just want people to just, this, Read a little bit more, voice a little bit more, and do your part as far as voting and really getting the facts about, you know, what's going on in this world. So. Inform voting and Inform. You know, yeah, right. education, you know, I think a lot of that it has a lot to do with it. Well said. Yeah, I don't think that I could in uh, good conscience go on to talk about Ohio State going back to voluntary workouts or Trey Sermon being healthy uh, and going through stuff down in uh, Texas as he gets ready to come to campus. That stuff can wait for another episode of Letterman Live. Uh, I appreciate everybody for their thoughts on this. Like I said, I'm just going to try to listen here. I don't I don't have the experience to speak on it, but hopefully uh, we all know a little bit more now than we did half an hour ago. Anthony Schlegel, Robert Landers, Doug Worthington, Justin Zwick, Coach Urban Meyer. I uh, hope I got them all right there. That's all the guests for Letterman Live this week at Roosters. I know it's not been the one that uh, maybe we envisioned, but I think it was an important one for us to have. We'll be back talking about Ohio State football right here uh, next Monday with our friends at Roosters. For all these guys, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next week.